Dear Podcast. My name is Christian Duran. I almost forgot it. Senior Vice President of the Oh Dear Podcast, Oh Dear Nation, Oh Dear Limited, and all subsidiaries therein for to which with me nailed is, it. <laughs> with me is my host and friend, Nick Whitmer. Yeah. Here. Present. <laughs> Brett. I'm going to mark him down as absent. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, not Brett, here, huh? Brett Rabel's in Chicago doing Chicago things, I believe. Or um, he said like a certain city. He said like, Mystic, but Mystic. I was like Mystic, Connecticut. I was like, oh, yeah. Wasn't that like a movie? Mystic Pizza or something? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was I literally just almost forgot my name when I was <laughs> introducing. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't fucking around. And... <laughs> <laughs> Whitmer and I were just talking about like, cause there hasn't been like a real thriving comedy scene because of the COVID pandemic and the shutdowns and all this stuff. And I remember I did a couple shows like last summer and, uh, I'd seen people that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I literally forgot their names. I was literally like, hi, <laughs> you, like people yeah. are see all the time, but I just, Dude. <laughs> if you only see somebody in comedy, like once that's taken away from you for months, I, 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 I guess it's kind of messed up that I was like, I haven't thought of you at all. <laughs> comedy is just this weird thing where like, it's like having coworkers that like inexplicably you only see like two times a year. Yeah. And like one of those two times, three years ago, you could have just all went out to a bar together and got drunk yeah. and had a fun night. And then you just yeah. like, that was three years ago. And you've only seen that person like three times since. And you're like, I know I had like a f fun time with that guy, but I have no idea what his name is. I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a comic who posted something uh, recently about, and it was a comic that I'm like pretty good friends with. I mean, I, you know, it's Troy Allen. I didn't like, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he put he put this information out on social media, so I, I, I'm sure he wouldn't be upset if I shared it. But uh, he he posted that he won a script competition about mm -hmm. the true life story of him giving up a daughter for adoption like years ago, and I was like, dude, what the fuck? I didn't know that about Troy at all. Like, but also yeah, I, like, yeah, how would that have come up? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in our random conversations about yeah. comedy and I love it. Troy. That was such a weird thing because like I was just like seeing that unfold on social media. I couldn't figure out what I, I just need. I guess I need to talk to him. But like, when the hell yeah. is that going to happen? But like the first thing it was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go meet a daughter that I didn't know I had. And I was like, wow. oh, shit, this is crazy. Like he had a daughter and maybe like he knocked up some girl in the 80s or something and never heard from, like, you know, <laughs> one night stand type of thing. And then, yeah. and then I read that thing. He's like, I want a script about giving up a daughter for adoption. I'm like, well, you had to know about her if you gave her up for adoption. Yeah. But I was like, also, it's like none of my business either to judge. So. He's like, yeah, he's just like, I just picked a kid and gave it up for adoption. Yeah. <laughs> just, okay. I just found a kid and gave it up for adoption. Um, yeah, but yeah, you were saying, you were just saying before we got on, on air was like, uh, that you had just gotten to, or just gone down to McDougal street, which is like where we were always be when comedy was going on. Yeah. And you said it's dead. It's like, it's sad. And it's funny. Cause like I'm there and I'm thinking like, God, 
you always hear these bits from like comedians and like these anecdotes from other people who like, I miss New York, the, the gritty New York, the gritty, this New York of the seventies. And I'm like, well then go there now. Cause it's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fucking yeah. terrible. It's like, yeah. I went, I went to the village today. So my wife had a Dodgers appointment and, uh, dropped her off and then uh, you drove down to the village walk out around McDougal and the old stomping grounds where we used to perform and it's like first of all I wanted to um, I wanted to check out just like what's still there and I was like I want to support some of the businesses that are still here so I was just trying to like I was like I you know some of these places in the village are just cash only so I was like, let me yeah. go to an ATM and pull out cash. And I have a, I, my bank is Bank of America. And like in the village, there's like three or four little vestibules or whatever they're called for, you know, you take out money. Right. Yeah. So I walk up to the one on like West third and bleaker and it's literally bleaker. turned into like an indoor, like refugee camp for homeless people who it was cold. Oh out my God. Too. So there's like literally this tiny little area. There was four homeless people inside, no masks. And I'm like, well, I'm not going in there. And then I tried to go to another one that was the <laughs> same thing. And then I went to a third one because for some reason in that area, there's like 15 yeah. Bank of Americas. Uh, and then I went to the one on yeah. 7th Avenue and uh, uh, 7th Avenue South and like Bleecker or something. And I found, I found one and I was like, all right, I'll pop into this one real quick and get some cash out. So first oh of all, God. it's like that's, and then like I'm walking back through and like the the lanterns closed, Fiori's that pizza place next door yeah. is closed, all these little restaurants oh, no. and shit gone, boarded up, yeah, um, spray paint all over it. the The weirdest one is that McDonald's that went on wow. the business. It's like it's it yeah. looks like it's like there's no semblance of a McDonald's there anymore. It is graffiti everywhere, <laughs> yeah, and like. They like forcefully like There's rip no down trace. the McDonald's signs and it's just like weird. And then like <laughs> um like three sheets, the bar next door to that McDonald's has like the like tape up, like big plastic tape on all of the windows so you can't see inside. And it's like something it said something like burgers by three sheets and you could order it. So they just turned their bar into basically yeah. a delivery system for burgers just to stay open. And it's just crazy. Wow. It's just like all these places that we've all went to, taken for granted, you know, it just it's post-apocalyptic. It's fucking terrible. And I'm just thinking, like, when is this going to come wow. back? Like, Jesus Christ, this is sad. I can't believe those homeless people got into that West Third and Bleaker. I always wonder ATM about that. Because the door is always fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking door is always... Anytime you put your card in there to get in the door, it never fucking works. Like, how'd they get in? <laughs> Dude, I remember I fucking tried to go into that one to deposit money, and it wasn't – my card just – it wasn't working. And I was like, something's wrong. So yeah. I call the bank, and they're like, yeah, we locked your card. And I was like, you <laughs> locked my card? And they're like, yeah, we locked it. And I was like, why? They're like, suspicious purchasing. And I'm like, okay, well, what were the purchases? And he's <laughs> like – we need to confirm that you're the account holder. And they started asking me questions. Yeah. And like, I guess I just, I was so angry. And then like one of the questions I just, I guess I either didn't remember or I didn't answer it fully or something. And he goes, yeah, you failed. <laughs> I'm like, are you out of your <laughs> fucking mind? And I was like, I just called you. Like I called you. <laughs> like yeah. I have my card in my hand and you just think, and I'm calling from the phone number. Do you think I, I'm like, this is like, I'm a, a very elaborate burglar. Yeah. Like I don't kill me. 
<laughs> well, you could have killed Nick Whitmer and taken his phone and his card, and now we're trying to yeah, I guess. do his thing. And you better know your fucking mom's maiden name and your first pet. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> you're not getting through. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. So I finally got through, and then they, they – anyway, it was just a whole thing. But it was like I never saw it to where they locked you out to where you couldn't even scan your card to get in the fucking ATM. Yeah. God, That's crazy. So I mean – yeah, all these places are like closing up and stuff. It's it's crazy. We're gonna be the ones that are be like, uh, God, I, I I miss the days when New York was like this big tourist attraction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I miss those days when fucking everything so was much a change. <laughs> yeah. Now it's just a dust bowl town. <laughs> yeah, I, that's crazy, man. Um, yeah, I passed by like a Bed Bath and Beyond. Like we went to the city the other day. We actually like went and had dinner in a restaurant because restaurants oh, wow. opened up. How was um, that? It was fine. I mean, like you, you put in a mask. You, if you've had, um, if you've gone anywhere and like done indoor dining, it's just same as always. Like you go in with a mask and when you sit down, you, um, you know, you uh, take your mask off and there's nobody around you. There's a big, there's a pretty big restaurant. It's really funny. It was like a Friday night and it's like, we're at a table and there's a small table next to us. And then there's a table next to them. So the third table was full, but the, there was a table in between us. And it's like any other time in history in New York, that table, like you'd be arm to arm, elbow to elbow with people, Yeah. but it just wasn't the case here. We had reservations and it just seemed like a slow night at this restaurant. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like they were probably at capacity. It's, it's just nuts, man. It, and it's like, I don't know what the answer is either because like, you want all these places to stay open and, but you understand that like you got to do something to try to slow this, the whole thing down. Right. And you also but, don't, you also don't like if they seat somebody next to you, you're going to go, um, excuse me. I want this fucking idiot who I don't know. Who's also out. And is, <laughs> you know, you, you, anybody who's out, you kind of assume they probably are like, yeah, I don't care that much. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's what's so annoying about everything. It's like, you realize how important optics are and yeah. you, you just realize that like how much information is fed to us that is designed to basically like keep in mind of the dumbest people. Like they can't just yeah. be honest with us. They can't just be like, all right, here's the deal. You don't have to wear a mask outside if you're distanced. You just don't. It's not a big deal. You don't have to wear them outside. But yeah. you, they can't say that because if they say you don't right. have to wear it outside, then people will be like, oh, I'm not going to wear it at all then. And then like so like every right. piece of information that is given is given basically like a some it's like lying to your children about Santa Claus. You know, it's like if you're not good, yeah. you're going to get the yeah. fucking call. It's like that's how they have to give every information about COVID. And it kills their credibility. Right. You know, when they're like, oh, Fauci said yep. this because you mean that. And then it's like, yeah, I, I lied. Fine. I lied. So people would, you know, I because he said he came back because at first yeah. he was like, you don't need masks. And that was because there was a shortage of masks and he wanted to keep the masks in the hands of yeah. the people who actually were working at the hospitals. And then after the masks, right. you know, were, were manufactured, he's like, no, now you have to wear masks. And it's like, dude, you should just be like, listen, there's a shortage of masks. Please keep them for the hospitals. And then when the new masks are ready, you can buy your own. In the meantime, use a scarf or something like that. But he couldn't do that because people are fucking dumb. And people are douchebags because if they knew yeah. that, they would just buy up masks and go, I got a bunch of masks in my garage if you won't buy them. 
for $200 a mask. Yeah. Like that kind of shit. But, um, but yeah, it's true. You really do have to make up. It's like an airplane where you got to make the rules for the dumbest person. Mm-hmm. and that, that's it's exactly what you were talking about it kills the credibility because they go you make the rules for the dumbest person you're like all right you need to wear a mask because like because you you idiots can't stay six feet apart so just wear a mask as well and we'll like we'll idiot proof this thing and we won't spread it but then yeah. the idiots go like well why are you idiot proofing me i'm smart you're like no you're the, we're making the rules because you're too dumb to save yourself and yeah. and then this dude david foster uh comedian i don't know if he still does comedy but he had uh this one joke about there's some people that are so stupid that they think they're smart and they think smart people yeah. are dumb like yeah that's exactly what happens and then they go like fauci's lying he's an elitist piece of shit and you're like yeah. you're so dumb that you don't like self-preservation we had to make a rule so you don't kill yourself you idiot <laughs> yeah well, it's like they um. Th- there is a quote in The Sopranos that's like some people are so far behind that they actually think they're winning the race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like they don't they they can't tell that they're fucking losing, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's like that's what it is. It's like you make the rules for the dumbest person, right? But then the second dumbest person mm-hmm. is, is smart enough to know which of its <laughs> you know. Wait a second, that doesn't track with me. No. <laughs> and then they go, oh, it's all right. it's all bullshit. They're all lying. It's just a fucking yeah. nightmare. And then, and then, like middle middle smart people go. Uh, that shows you which side of the uh, smartness <laughs> spectrum I'm on. I just said middle smart. <laughs> <laughs> a middle smart people. Middle smart. <laughs> you know the ones in the middle. If I'm honest with myself, I'm probably a little lower middle smart. <laughs> I'm not a bottom smart. I'm definitely a middle smart. <laughs> I'm not an uppy smart. Um, <laughs> so medium intelligence people, you yeah. know, sort of rational people who maybe uh, don't have information or whatever, but like they will probably go like, I mean, I'm okay. If, as long as I stay six feet away from people, you know, if I don't cough, that's the big thing when they, when they were talking about social distancing. They were like, "What if you, what if you getting uh, really close to somebody, and then somebody has to go? Look, if you get close to somebody by accident for two seconds, you're gonna be fine because really, what we're trying to prevent is like coughing and sneezing. But if we just say don't cough and sneeze on each other, you guys are gonna fucking still kiss each other and like lick." Yeah homeless people for like, yeah. you're, just kind of like you're, you're not smart enough or you know cautious enough to just follow the rules so we're just gonna blanket statement just stay six feet feet away so those people are like oh you just say six feet away and then the dumb people look at those people and go well he's not doing it so i'm not gonna do it no I'm yeah. gonna, and i'm gonna protest so you're like okay and there's also the people who are like, well, if everybody else follows the rules to a T, then I can not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Right. And then they just assume that everybody else is doing what they're supposed to so they can cheat a little bit. Exactly. But then like that's like half the people too. <laughs> right. You just multiply that by a million yeah. and you have a million people fucking it up. Yeah. Exactly. That's a, a lot of like that's what I feel is like why c- there's so much corruption sometimes. It's just like everybody thinks doing a, I was like, well, if I just do a little bad, it's okay. And it's like something my band teacher always said, and I apply it to a lot of stuff where, uh, he'd be in the front of a room 
like in, in front of the band in high school. And it's like, you know, like if you're on stage, if somebody's talking in the back, that's all you can hear. Like all, mm-hmm. cause the sound travels to you. So like everybody's your high schoolers whispering and like fucking telling jokes and gossiping about fucking third period and shit. And he's trying to teach his class and trying to work on something, but he would uh, every now and then he would stop and just go, Hey guys, a, li- a lot of people making a little bit of noise is a lot of noise. <laughs> and that's how I feel about it, Mary. Like a little, yeah. a lot of people doing a little bit of fucked up shit is a lot of fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah. It becomes lawless very quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. People, yeah, people can't govern themselves in any way, but uh, no, not in any capacity. And we're here. And then, we're also depending on the these not just corrupt but just just incompetent because the other side of it is is just it's like effort is the same way as corruption where people are like well I'm not gonna put put all my effort in if fucking that guy's not so like you have yeah, these like yeah. vaccine sites and like anything that's run by the government is just run by like the the medium smart people. <laughs> this is the people who just like <laughs> don't. They're just like whatever, man. I I will only try as hard as Tim. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and yeah. Tim is a fuck up. But they're all going off that guy for yeah. some reason. And so I right. don't know. If like, there's just vaccinate like twenty four hour a day facilities. Do like shifts. Like get this shit out. Like what are yeah. we doing? Like it's so dumb. But then you have half of people who are like, oh, I'm not getting vaccinated whatsoever. I don't think that's bullshit. I don't want to get the first one. Uh, it's going to be zombies and shit. And you're like, yeah. there's, a, I also, I don't know. I, I do. There is something to that. It's like, I don't want to be the first one to get vaccinated, but there is also something to be like when, when they gave you measles vaccines and all these other vaccines, like you didn't say shit. Like you, you yeah. weren't even interested in what was going in your body. And now all of a sudden yeah. you like care. Um, I mean, granted it is new, but like I, I was talking to this Uber driver and he was like, uh, yeah, man, uh, uh, this COVID stuff is crazy, man. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theory people like Trump people are like, oh man, they're all fucking crazy. They, they, they believe he's like QAnon and stuff. Like, That's just stupid though. But, and then, he, you know, we were talking, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts. I don't even know what to make of it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh. This COVID thing, man, once they start getting the vaccines out, that's how they're going to get us though. Like that's that <laughs> they're going to, they're going to put some in the code, the vaccine so they can track you and all this stuff and put mind control and stuff. And I'm like, dude, how did you go from like, oh, that conspiracy is bullshit, but you know, the vaccine shit, <laughs> that's, that's real though. It's been pointed out a bunch, but like we all carry our own phones in our pocket that literally yeah. track everything. And not only do they, it tracks us, we tell it secrets. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. we, <laughs> like we tell our phone secrets, like whether it's right. Google searches, you know? And it, it, it's like, what benefit, like what benefit could they really like do with, tr- like, let's say they could put, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's like, first of all, what is it going to run on? Like it's a fucking little microchip. You can inject there. Yeah. They have really small microchips that you can surely inject in people's body, but it needs yeah. a source to run on. What's it going to run on? It needs some right. sort of like it's so it's just going to be shitty little microchips floating around in your blood. Like what is it <laughs> like? There's no electricity source. There's nothing. <laughs> so like how does it it's got a little work? Battery. 
Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's got a little miniature battery. I I was going to say, you got a miniature battery that that you you have to go back in every month to get (laughs) charged. They go, oh, you need another dose of vaccine. Yeah, they got to charge up the thing again. (laughs) Oh, I started sniffling. Let me see. Come back in. I'll charge you. I mean, uh, give you another dose. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, what benefit do they have to fucking controlling old people's minds? Or you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's where it starts, yeah. old people. And like, why start there? Like it's so stupid. I also think that it's like, wouldn't like, it be st- go ahead. No, no, I was uh, just gonna say it's always like this thing that they want to control us. They want to control us. It's like for what? So we'll all like what vote the same? Like just yeah. rig the voting. That's way easier. <laughs> it's so much easier. And also, it, it like it doesn't matter. Like yeah, like Mitch McConnell can't lose. Yeah, <laughs> no. you know what I mean. So, like, why? Like, what? He's he is literally like in a Senate seat that he can't lose. Like, he's just he's he's unimpeachable. Like, there's nothing. So, like, what benefit would like he have to like like what? I don't get it. He's already doing whatever he wants. It is, uh, yeah, it, it is funny. It's funny that you say like you tell your phone all your secrets because um, uh, I just two things one was that like we realize how fucked up alexa is because like when you say um there's a thing on your alexa app that you get with whenever you get an amazon echo is that you can look up your recent searches or your recent whatever you ask alexa so you can it plays when you say alexa you know what's the capital of england or whatever so you can hear yourself say alexa what's the capital of england but it doesn't go like but you can hear the whole thing. You hear the space before you say it. So that means she's recording the whole time. It's uh, not It's not like, Alexa, what's the capital of England? It's space. Alexa, what's the capital of England? <laughs> <laughs> she just happens to like hold on to the part where you say Alexa. But she's not recording all the time and listening all the time. But she has to be listening all the time, or else yeah, how would she know exactly when you say Alexa <laughs> that she turns on? And if like I, rem- I was literally at uh, a friend's apartment who had Alexa, and we were talking about like what song to play next, and uh, they, we were talking about Billy Joel, and Billy Joel has a song called "Down Eastern Alexa," and I literally they were mm-hmm. like, "What's that song that's about his daughter?" And I go, "Oh, it's that song. It's D- Down Eastern Alexa." And then Alexa is like, "Yes, how can I help you?" I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> like I was, I didn't say, I wasn't addressing Alexa. Like she's there, she's listening to everything. That's what, like, yeah, I know. I'm, it, it, I, I'm so nervous is. about. Like, that's one of the things. Like Sarah's talked about. Like, we should get like a like a nanny cam or like a camera in our apartment. If this is so, before we had yeah. like a dog walker that we trusted, we were we use like Rover or Wag. It's the app basically that people mm-hmm. join and they go. You know, they and I was a Wag walker for a very brief period of time. So there is some sort of a background check that they do on you. But um, basically, I failed the test. Yeah, <laughs> I cheated on the test. <laughs> I failed the two one. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think I cheated like... too, and I still failed. <laughs> <laughs> I because uh, they were like, I don't know, there's dumbass questions that who gives a fuck. But um, so it's like a stranger right. walks into your house and grabs your dog and takes it for a walk and then comes back and like it's tracked GPS so you can see where they are with your dog and they they're supposed to take pictures and they're supposed to even. Mm-hmm like push a button on their phone. It tells you where the dog peed or pooped. 
So we had this conversation is like, oh, should we we should put a camera up because we don't know these people. They're going to come in and take something. And I'm like, I just don't yeah. want to survey our house. Like, I don't want to survey ourselves. Like, I don't want to put cameras up. And, and then Sarah just was like, why? I don't understand. I'm like, because then anybody can just get into it if they wanted to and just watch it's you true. like it's you know what I mean? Like, it's the easiest thing to hack. It's a fucking yeah. camera. It's like it's there's no security. It's like a whole system costs like 45 bucks on fucking Amazon and it's all controlled through Wi-Fi. So that means anybody can just theoretically pop it and do it. And I know like I risk sounding like my dad when I when I do that. But I'm like, come on, like this is New York City. We don't there could be a creep next door. We don't talk to our neighbors here. It's like yeah. the weirdest thing about New yeah, York. That's is up. That, like we don't talk to our neighbors. It's like if you talk to your neighbor, you're a fucking weirdo. You're like, dude, why is my neighbor talking <laughs> to me right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean that all that stuff is true though. It's like uh, you know uh, you can do some quick googling and documentary watching to find out that like anybody can hack into your um, your camera, your cell phone camera. It just as long as it doesn't even have to be on. Like yeah, uh, you know that I think that's what Edward Snowden was talking about. Yeah, all that stuff. It's like that's why Mark Zuckerberg, that famous picture of Mark Zuckerberg with his <laughs> laptop and he has tape on his camera yeah. lens. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So he knows. Um, but yeah, we, um, we have one of those, we have one of those cameras and we put it in when Louis was really young, we couldn't walk him. So you, we had like a dog walker back when we were mm-hmm. actually physically going to work. And, uh, yeah, so we had one of those set up and like, we would just, I would just, it's creepy. Like I would be at work watching the dog walker come in and play with Louie for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, he's just on the couch with his like fucking, his butts hanging out of his like jeans on my floor. Like <laughs> you're just like, and he's just a dude's in your house and you go, Oh, this is like, I allowed that. That's fucking weird as shit. <laughs> I just yeah. let a stranger in my home and now I'm watching him. That's part of it too. Cause it like records it. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then like, you're the person, like, I'd rather just trust people yeah. inherently and then be let down. than have to like, Oh, let me go log on to see if my dog walker stole anything. Like the <laughs> yeah. amount of energy that that takes is just like, I'm not, I just don't want to be a person who does that. I don't want to be like, let me log on and see what they did when they were in my apartment and they didn't know they were being recorded. I just was like, I don't want to fucking do it. Yeah, it was, it was it was interesting, and you can talk to talk through the camera if you want. Mm-hmm. I tried to get his attention once or twice. <laughs> hey, pull your pants. Hey. <laughs> it's not a race thing. I'm just yeah. your butt. I'm like I'm like Bill Cosby on him. <laughs> pull his pants up. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's always like really weird. I don't know. Um, but the big news of the day, of course. Yeah, I can relate. I can segue this too, because Sarah, Sarah told me, she's like, if you know, one, one, so Sarah, Sarah's pregnant. Um, we're having, yeah, we're going to have a girl. She's Mm -hmm. 14 weeks, uh, now. And, uh, but she, she, she told me, she didn't ask me this time. She told me that if we had anybody coming to take care of our child, that we will have a nanny cam up. So I just yeah. was like, all right, <laughs> I'm not going to argue. <laughs> it's a baby. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's the big news. Big news. Nick Whitmer, dad, dad of the year coming up. 
Christian and I expecting fathers. I'm I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, I know. Um, uh, I'm excited. I you know we we took a poll of like we of guessing the gender we asked like specific friends and like almost everybody said boy. You're one of the few people who guess girl. I always thought I would have a girl. Oh yeah. And we 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 got lucky. And I was first of all I was like. Just like as <laughs> I don't want to sound like a weirdo, but I'm like, we don't need a white male like like I'm just like that. That's like <laughs> I'm the last generation where that's like like I I'm like the white male generation where like we came to realize how much better white people had. And now it's like, let's do whatever we can to take that away. Like, so, like not that I'm oppressed in any way yeah. at all, but I'm like the last generation to get anything out of being a white man. So I'm like, let me have a white woman at least. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she'll have more of a chance. Because <laughs> like that Louis right. Betty's like, they're gonna hold us down and fuck us <laughs> like, for what we've done. <laughs> like a white man. Uh, yeah, but have you done any classes or anything? Yeah, been doing any reading? Not yet. I, I I told myself I would, but I was like, I still got time. I did watch a a thirty yeah. minute video on like how to care for an infant like immediately after they were born and so that was like all right that's something that's uh Mm -hmm. i have some guidance there how about you uh i have i've done some stuff we've been like we have like this training course that we've been watching videos on and Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically more about the delivery and stuff and uh it's just weird i don't know if the gravity has hit me so much but like like i heard somebody explain it really well that like it feels like she and I are getting ready for the delivery. And then once that's over, she and I alone are going to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, all right, we did that. Yeah. Cool. We did it. It just hasn't hit me that there's going to be like a little guy in our house from now on. So that's weird to me, but yeah, the gravity of it hasn't hit me so much. We watched, I don't know if you guys watched it. There's a video that one of the apps, like your pregnancy or does every time there's a new week. So like that's week 14. Let's look at it. Yeah. And it's like this dead eye woman who's like, <laughs> she literally is like today. Your, your baby bundle of joy is 14 weeks old. And you're today. Your little peanut is starting to develop your peanuts. Little are. And I'm just like, she's saying it like with this really just over the top, like cutesy language, but her eyes are dead. <laughs> it's like this woman is barren. She's never had a child. She's like, just an actress. Have, <laughs> I can't have any of my own, but I'm thinking about your little peanut. Like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> There's a, so we've watched all those, but yeah, we haven't done the delivery stuff yet, but we're a little bit behind where you guys are. So hopefully we'll start doing that part of it. We've yeah. done like yoga and stuff to try mm-hmm. to help, I guess. But yeah, I, I've actually been looking at it the opposite of like taking care of a baby and as opposed to the delivery of the baby. Right. But I can see like when you start focusing on that one part of it, it it's like a task that just needs to get done. But then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. I remember when we got Beavis and like, yeah, how much of a trauma shock that was to me. Like, mm-hmm. I just remember like being woken up at like five in the morning and I'm like, oh, shit. So he can just do that to us. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he has to go out now and like he right. like I have to just not do anything that I want to do because I have this yeah. dog. And obviously you get used to it and dogs get better and stuff like that. But like puppies at the very beginning are a big pain in the ass. And I think that yeah. like a baby is like that for like 
six years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I remember bef- the day before we got Louie when he was like just about a, you know, he was coming the next day and I was like fucking terrified. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. I got to walk him every day. This is crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I'll be equally terrified as the labor comes, the labor starts. Yeah. But yeah, it's the same thing. It's like you just, there's an adjustment and then you get used to it, I think. But everybody's like, oh, you'll, you know, you'll naturally just, you'll know what to do. You'll just, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And I also and, keep hearing that, like, I know you guys, I don't know if you want to talk about your exact intentions, but like our intentions are to just have one simply just mm-hmm. for the practical reasoning of like, we always want to live like in or very immediately around a city that has public transportation. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah doesn't drive. So like mm-hmm. if we can't move to a suburbs, we're basically like, I have to be like her chauffeur because that's not yeah. fair to her or me. And like, it just wouldn't, it would just be needlessly strainful. So when you're trying to like build a family living in a city area, uh, you have to be able to afford a, a house, you know, that can hold, you know, everybody. Yeah. And as of right now, like we're, we're trying to find a two bedroom apartment cause our lease is up and it's yeah. like a big pain in the ass trying to find a two bedroom. That's nice and a decent neighborhood and all these right. other things. It's like, I don't see it as the option of having three or two kids. Yeah. Cause like we, how, like, like we'd have to like, how would we even do it? We'd have to like be millionaires. Um, yeah. but, uh, I forget where I was, was going with that, but basically like, I think it is, 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 uh, everybody's, Oh, I know. Everybody's like, once you have one, you're going to be like, we have to have another one. And I'm like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I just don't, I don't think know. so. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, like just keep them all in a drawer or something like this. <laughs> have like a drawer where you, like you open up one drawer all the way and then the next one a little bit more and a little bit more and you just keep all the babies in there yeah it's like i never wanted another dog yeah <laughs> like if you told me do you want another beavis i'd be like oh my god no <laughs> jesus christ yeah no yeah i couldn't do another dog like sometimes i would want to just because louis so like needs so much attention that i'm like fuck yeah him. On our wedding night, of friends of ours who have two kids, they told us that they're like, "So you guys plan on having kids?" And we're like, "Yes, at some point." And they go, "If here's my advice: if you're gonna have kids, have two. And I go, "Ah, we're just planning on one, I think." And he's like, "No, you want two. And I was like, "Why?" He's like, "So they have someone to bother. That's not you. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. basically like, <laughs> yeah, they can fight themselves yeah. and sucker themselves out." I'm like, "God damn, <laughs> shit." <That's smart. laughs> like, yeah, it's very smart. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that. <laughs> It's really funny. Yeah, I think we're we're probably going to end up with two, I would guess. Um yeah, it'll, it'll we'll probably be two, I think. I mean, I know she's probably she's in the mood for like she wants to have them pretty quickly cuz she's mm-hmm. worried about worried about her age and stuff, which which she's not old at all <laughs> by any means, yeah. but you know, it's it's something women think about. But um yeah, I don't know, probably two, but yeah, I definitely don't want to live in New York with two kids. I I think that's kind of crazy. So, but I do want to move somewhere where I can drive to New York pretty quickly. Yeah. I like yeah, being exactly. around New York or LA. I don't know, either one. Yeah, that's definitely that. There's like the other side of that where it's, you know, the comedy and other things like that, but then there's yeah. the just the absolute just practical reason of having the space to yeah. have the kids and stuff. I also like I kind of like you know me growing up where i grew up the way i grew up like 
there was this need for me to like leave and go do something. Yeah. You know, and if like a kid just grows up in the city, it's like they don't have anywhere to leave to. You know what I mean? Like there's no kid who grows up in the city who's like, I'm going to go to I'm going to move to a mountain and prove people that I can be something. It's like, no, you're already here. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's just like one less task that they have to do in their life. I don't know. I, I don't know how. It's like when you live in New York, you 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 know very few people who like just grew up straight New York the whole time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think they those kids probably moved to another city. I guess. I mean, there's yeah. kids that like there's people that uh, were born and raised in Brooklyn have never been to Manhattan. <laughs> You're like, dude, yeah. it's a train stop away. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I could I couldn't I see uh, parents with like strollers and stuff in the subway and trains and stuff i'm like dude that looks so hard (laughs) i I wouldn't want to do that yeah it seems like a bummer but but then again i always think like you know dumber people have have done it too and you know dumb people have had kids for years and years and years millennia yeah that's one of the thoughts that makes me feel good is like you know how many idiots have raised children and granted they probably did a terrible job at it but i'm like right how am I going to ruin a kid? <laughs> right. Like I, I'm way more conscientious and like <laughs> the, than a lot of these idiots. And also like, maybe it's like our generation. I think our generation, I've read this about like millennials and stuff is um, waiting longer to have children. Yeah. And I think that like, that's definitely true. And that's like really smart of us. Yeah. Cause like my dad and mom, like by the time they were my age, my dad had, my mom and dad were probably already divorced and had four kids. Yeah. And it's like, I'm having my first now at the age that they were getting divorced, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) so I just feel like going at a slower pace is like, it's like everybody has more information and more options now. And we're like, fuck that dude. And it's like, partly because the middle class is dead like none of us can afford homes everybody's still paying back student loans yeah <laughs> like no like they they are forced to basically find a career start making great money and then go okay now i can have a child yeah really and uh i think uh i think our generation is like weirdly like wants to be parents in a weird way like they mm-hmm. our generation like really likes the idea of being married and like having kids like so much said so, like when you look at the hipsters they've been dressing like dads for fucking <laughs> the past like 20 years you know yeah like, there there is like there there is like a soccer dad soccer mom feel to a lot of millennials right yeah yeah they they just have that like the mustache like you go to brooklyn and they already have the dad mustaches like yeah you see like 20 year olds walking around i'm like dude what are you doing high-waisted mom jeans like they literally they literally are call women's jeans and our generation mom jeans yeah and they literally say oh he has a dad bod because he's not ripped (laughs) that's literally how they describe each other mom jeans dad bods i've been saying this forever but our generation's gonna have the worst set of midlife crises that's ever been seen ever (laughs) Like when the like when the yellow generation gets to like forty five and realizes they wasted all their time on fucking, you know, just bullshit writing blogs that nobody will read anymore and like yeah. social media that that is evaporated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be bad. Once they Dude, realize I, they're not young anymore, oof, it's not gonna be good. 
and it's like their whole lives were built on just not real shit. Yeah. Like I was, I went to Vulture. Uh, it's one of the New York Magazine sub, whatever the fuck, subsidies, sub, subsidiaries, subsidiaries. Yeah, and uh, they Vulture in particular covers comedy. So like sometimes I just go to Vulture's website to read about the latest comedy stuff. But they have like a role of writers who write for Vulture, and they're probably freelance. And maybe if they're lucky, they're staff. And I don't know the the standings of them, but I do know that like <clears throat> in particular, I saw one of the writers' names, like four different pa- four different blog posts. Yeah, and each one of them. Was- just reposting an SNL sketch from the night before, but with like a clickbaity title to try to get you to click on it. And there was mm-hmm. four different ones from the same episode. I go, that's her homework. Like that's basically <laughs> like, she's like, Oh, I have to write four articles this week for comedy. Okay, cool. Uh, how can I do this as quickly as possible? Okay. Let's just do four different sketches. And the hardest part will be the title, making the title clickbaity. And then they just go a paragraph they show the fucking sketch of NBC in the middle of it and then another paragraph yeah. and then the title. And then they're like, all right, my homework's done for the week. I put yeah. in my four articles. And, <laughs> and I'm like, that woman is going to retire. And it's like, what did you do ever? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you, like, it sounds romantic to be like, oh, I was a, I was a comedy writer. Like I wrote about comedy and I p- talked about the industry. And it's like, no, you just reposted sketches from a television show. <laughs> <laughs> with a paragraph just to like get the money and then you left <laughs> like they're like allison i need four articles due by sunday you're like uh you're like oh well i guess i'll write all four of them on one subject <laughs> yeah no it, it just it is crazy to me because like our generation is sort of defined by like being nostalgic and like fucking loving like the, the 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 what's it called the Animaniacs reboots and all these reboots and remakes and like Marvel being like the big thing. It's like that's you know the, when you're a, a typical midlife crisis is when like an '80s midlife crisis was you you get to 45 and you buy the fucking sports car, the Corvette that you wanted that you couldn't yeah. buy in the seventies when you, you were, grew up. Yeah. You grew up too fast and now you're, you're, you realize you're getting old and you like miss being young, but right. like the millennials are the generation that refused to grow up. Like we so, all play with action figures basically, but on TV, you it's going to be like 45 <laughs> we're watching our action figures. Play. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're already in the midlife crisis. Like we're going to be wearing diapers. You're going to have to go that far back. <laughs> so like makes sense. There's just going to be like a baby fetish craze that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Something. I mean, I don't even realize, I don't even know what it is, but like, but, um, yeah, but it's your, I mean, you're totally right with the millennials of the generation that never grew up. So what would the midlife crisis? Cause it's not going to be a midlife crisis that craves this, the type of, behavior or stuff from young people because like millennials never grew up to even like even our hobbies like that are more adult they're like craft beer nerds right 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 yeah yeah. so like (laughs) you know like even our hobbies are like we're just drinking beer you know like so what are we like i missed out on my youth i feel lost and i gotta go back and something to handle those what are you gonna i don't even what is it 
that. It's going to be like a completely, it's going to go the exact other way where it's like, instead of like trying to relive youth, they're going to try to grow up real fast. <laughs> like, a bunch of people, like, a I've been bunch watching cartoons my whole life. I can't get a real job. Like everybody just becomes <laughs> like becomes HVAC installation. people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All of a sudden, like there's a there's a surge of fifty one year old plumbers yeah. just getting the, going getting into the plumbing game. school. I gotta learn a trade. Damn it! I've been spending my whole life watching fucking Nickelodeon cartoons. I gotta go in welding now. Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of electricians pop up out of nowhere. Oh, that's yeah. really funny. But um. This is a terrible segue, but speaking of ruining kids, did you see the Woody Allen documentary? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, well, I was really intrigued by it, and it's one of those sensitive subjects. But yeah, I've read a lot about it independently, and like there are literally people on both sides who prevent, who present very compelling evidence to support their sides, and. I've it's always been like my take on it is like I don't know what happened, but whatever happened, it was what one says or the other side says. It's just sad that this yeah. whole family is ruined by whatever it is that happened, regardless of who is telling the truth. If Woody Allen's telling the truth, it's still sad as fuck about what happened, you know? Yeah. And um I was when I heard about this documentary, I was like Oh, this! I hope it's like, let's get to the bottom of equal time, you know, both sides. But I realized too, like the climate we're in, I was like, no, this is just going to be yeah. about how Woody Allen's no, a monster. No, no. And, um, you know, and I was just like, I, I was immediately less interested because I just feel like the way editing is done, like you can make, I mean, just watch Loose Change, the 9-11 documentary. Like it's like and and by the way I'm not saying that Woody Allen's innocent I'm just saying like the the point of it is is that if you wanted to make a Woody a, a documentary about how Woody Allen Woody Allen is an abuser you could easily do so very compellingly with false information and the right music and the right editing and the you know what I mean it's like yeah. it's so easy to manipulate people with all the tricks of documentary filmmaking right um that like I don't know. I just was less interested. I was hoping it would be like a fifth, like, hey, let's get to the bottom of this. This is what each party is saying, but it's clearly not going to be that. No, did you did you see it? Because there's like yeah, there's a couple it's parts. A, right? It's a couple of parts, and I don't like. <laughs> there's here's here's my first problem with that is that it's in parts, so it's like they're like, it's not. I how do I say this? It's. The fact that it's in parts means they split it up in order to get the conversation going and to spread out. Yeah. Make it make it an event week after week, which yeah. is like such a weird thing to do for this searing documentary about uh, an what abuser. is. Yeah. An abuser, an abuse that happened and a, yeah. a justice that needs to be corrected or whatever. But <clears throat> then you watch the teaser for it because I, I was watching something on HBO Max. Or just something on TV, and there uh, the commercial came on. It was like Doom, Allen, Doom, Pharaoh, Doom, HBO Max. Subscribe now. <laughs> it's just so. It's just so, like to do a commercial for it in that way. Sign up now and HBO Max get a free month for yeah, to watch like, Allen versus Pharaoh. Probably yeah. a pedophile. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it's very, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it feels yeah. It's it like, if you want to find out whether your favorite filmmakers are pedophile, find out every Sunday, just pay us $10 a month yeah. and four different Sundays. <laughs> it's like, if it was like, if there's truly, and, and then maybe it's true, but if there truly yeah. is uh, a pedophile at large, who's famous influence and money, like right. he just like you don't fin- in the yeah. first five minutes. <laughs> like exactly. don't make like, us like wait for it. Right, and it's a twist, while, and then it's like oh shit. Yeah, while you're filming the documentary, you put him in jail. <laughs> like you yeah, don't, like, yeah. You don't, you don't finish it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's also um, one of these but, things. Like I read that like um, one wasn't um, wasn't obviously a part of this. Or, yeah, or, or junior anybody, but this is another popular tactic that documentary filmmakers do: is that like they're basically making a smear campaign against Woody Allen, and then after po- post production, they reach out, "Hey, Woody, do you want to comment?" And he's like, "Oh, you mean the documentary that's already made?" No, yeah, I'm not. I'm good. Yeah, I'm not and then they'll be like, "The Allen refused to be a part of this." It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. "What did you think you do?" Yeah, uh, it's very much like it's very much like Finding Neverland, the Michael Jackson documentary that came out a couple yeah. of years ago. Very much like that. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, Neil Brennan talked about it the other day, and he goes, he hadn't seen it yet, but he goes, "I believe that whoever said the most recent thing," <laughs> and it's basically, <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel about it. Like once you watch that documentary, like this girl was definitely abused by Woody. Allen like Woody Allen even if he didn't Woody Allen is really a creepy fucking dude whatever yeah like whatever yeah but that, that's the, but, that's the, yeah and that's the thing it's like you married your stepdaughter right yeah, after like, being accused of molesting your adopted daughter it's like <laughs> on one hand it's like he was just that much in love with her. Right. <laughs> so he's like, optics be damned. I'm marrying this woman. I love her that much. Or yeah. maybe he's just the biggest creep ever. I don't know. He has a lot of movies where the subject matter is like older men, younger women. I mean, they touch on that. They touch, they make a big deal of that in the, uh, they make a big deal of that in the, in the documentary. And uh, there's actually a woman who comes out. She's like in her forties or fifties now. And she's like, I had a relationship with Woody Allen when I was 16 or 17. And she yeah. talks about the experience. And then it's like, cause I remember watching Woody Allen. Like I knew the thing of Woody Allen married his like stepdaughter. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. It's definitely weird. But I was like, whatever. I didn't know anything about Dylan Farrow, right? So I saw Andy Hall and I was like, wow, that was a really good movie. This is when I was like 15 or 16. And then not knowing really much about it, much of anything else about Woody Allen, I saw Manhattan. And in that movie, the beginning of the movie, he's dating a 17 year old. He's like 40 yeah. something. He's dating a 17 year old. And everybody yeah. in the movie's acting like, yeah, that's just what people do. You just date a 17 yeah. year old sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I was like, uh that's yeah. not that's weird man i don't know yeah <laughs> but it, like the it is, it, yeah it's weird the it, 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 oh yeah the, 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 it's weird in the in the context of today but like a yeah. hundred years ago it wasn't weird you know what i mean like yeah. it's this weird leftover thing from 
in being property and given away at the yeah. wedding day. Like the, a wedding day is like not any, and it obviously for good reason, you know, it's not any it used to be like, it literally used to be the dad of the bride was giving the, the her to another man. Right. It's like, here's my property. It's now yours. I'm signing it over. Here's the deed. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's all yours. I'll and write down the cows. mileage. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yeah, here's a couple, <laughs> couple cows. Yeah. And um, no one gave a fuck about age. It's just like, oh, she's right. menstruating. Now she's marriage material because she can have a kid. And then like, because I remember the, the, the guy who wrote, um, I always fuck this up. The guy who wrote the Holden Caulfield novel, Catcher in the Rye. Um, uh God damn it. Yeah, he he uh JD Salinger. Yeah, he basically like was obsessed with the young women, but it wasn't weird right. back then. Like the mothers like, oh, I'm so happy this 16-year-old is wants to marry this 51-year-old writer. He's a writer, isn't this great? Yeah. Like <laughs> like I remember watching this documentary on Salinger and like he basically like went into the woods with like a 16 year old and like they were just st- stuck there together because like that he yeah. was a recluse and anyway it's this weird like leftover thing where like there that was cool until like more of the modern times and i think when woody allen was making those movies that's when it was like maybe a little a little bit of a faux pas because i don't think like when manhattan came out um, and I don't know this to be sure, but I remember it was a celebrated movie. You know, and I, I, I say I remember, but obviously I wasn't alive back then. Yeah. But like I read about how it was a celebrated movie. So like if it was right off the top, a subject that was like f- so fucked up, whereas today you couldn't make a movie where the it was 45 year olds dating a 17 year old unless the whole point yeah. is, is that he's a, a rapist. A creep, yeah. <laughs> So um, Woody Allen is the protagonist and he plays the guy who's the younger woman and he wrote and directed the movie. So clearly the attitude about it was different. Right. Um, And it's just, it's just this weird thing where like that was for some reason still okay back then. And like today it's like, it's just so fucking gross. It's just gross to think about a 40 year old man dating a 17 year old. You're like, you have to be, something has to be wrong with you. What is wrong with you? Yeah. It's really, it's really nasty. And like in the movie, he's in the documentary, they're talking about like, they basically dug up some like his old like files, some Uh of his old writings, like his like, you know, sample works in like, uh, like notes, his notes. Like, so he's writing short stories and they all start with like, he was an older man and she was a younger woman. Uh, like all these like notes he's like scratching out and like, like changing the age. Like she was 21, scratch out 18. <laughs> You're like, God, scratch it, it like, out 14 and then scratch yeah. it out 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even he had a line. He's like, all right, come it's on. Like, I'm, I'm not going to date a 14-year-old. I'm not a monster. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it doesn't look good for him. And, and the thing of like where I was talking about Neil Brennan, where he's like, because I read the art, the letter that his son put out, his adopted son Moses Pharaoh, or yeah, Moses. He's on, Moses yeah, I think it's he's on Woody's side, right? Yes, he's senior Sunni's like actual brother. I think he, he's Asian. Um, I think they're. I don't know. I don't remember what the lineage is. I think Mia Pharaoh actually adopted the three of them. They were actually biological I, brothers and sisters. I know that Sunni was adopted by um, that guy Previn. Yes, what was his yeah, first yeah. name? 
Andre, Andre Previn. Yeah, Andre Previn. So like, and then Noah. I think Noah's last name is Allen, though, isn't it? Uh, I, don't I know, know Woody Allen also adopted. I don't know. It's it's so hard to fucking. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, but um, so is his note. You're saying his letter. So his yeah, he wrote a letter maybe like a year or two ago, and basically was saying that. Uh, Mia Farrow was abusive to them and kind of crazy. She had a pedophile older brother that's in jail. That's never mentioned in the documentary, which is weird. Um, and, uh, and that she coached Dylan Farrow into saying all this stuff about Woody Allen because of the Sunni situation and blah, 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 blah. And all this stuff. And I, I remember reading that and I was like, I mean, you, you know, if we're believing the victim, this guy's kind of a victim. Yeah. Too. You mentioned too, like she had an affiliation with Roman Polanski. So right. she saw her brother and Roman Polanski both like yeah. get like taken down or whatever by pedophilia. So like in her mind, that could have like planted the seed about like, oh, how do you completely destroy someone? Mm. Um, you know, like that's what the, I remember reading that part of that letter that he was basically insinuating that like her b- older brother was a pedophile and she, she was either really good friends with Roman Polanski or something along those lines. And then Roman he Polanski, directed. yeah, he, uh, Roman Polanski was a pedophile. Um, and the, they were both, you know, Polanski obviously fled the country and her brother went to prison. Uh, anyway, I think he was insinuating mm. that because of those two relationships that, it's a like that's where she got the whole allegation from who knows Mm. yeah so i mean that was the last thing i read and i was like i don't know this is a real it's a real muddy situation and even soon did an interview fairly recently granted it was with like a friend of (laughs) woody's yeah um but she did an interview pretty recently and you go "Ah, i don't know but now this documentary comes out and it definitely is just like yeah, Woody Allen's a creep. Woody Allen's a creep, and uh, Dylan Farrell sounds like someone who is definitely abused. And I don't know, doesn't look yeah. good. Does not look good for Woody. Yeah, it, it's also like <clears throat> I don't know. It's like if you if, you know someone is sitting there saying that something happened to them, and it's like it's really harsh to just go, "Yeah, your mom just told you that." <laughs> yeah exactly you know exactly but it's also like that's kind of possible like you know the easiest people to lie to and manipulate are children right you know what i mean but at the same time you're like i don't want to believe that <laughs> you know like right, i don't want to yeah. believe that a, a woman trained her daughter that she, you know like brainwashed her into thinking like she's lived her whole life as someone who yeah like let's say that he didn't do it she's lived her entire life as if he did do it so right. he might as well have Right, you know right. what I mean. Yeah, so I it's like, and if it's that's the doing of Mia Farrow, that's like, that's so, that's the like, that's almost more. Um, how do I say it? it's almost that's almost more fucked up than being a pedophile. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like right, yeah. doing that mind game and manipulation on your own daughter. So that's even hard to believe too. Like, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's Super and then messy. I like I also read that like. One of the things was um, the allegation was like it wasn't even like sexual, like he, like this is what uh, okay so, again you talk about these things it sounds like you're you're defending, defending one side of the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what it, what was basically alleged was that like he, he 
put his head in her lap and like touched her private part. Right. Yeah. That's what they talk about in the thing. But here's one thing, one real quick thing in the documentary, they had a, a couple people like there was a therapist that worked in there that lived in their building and the therapist uh, apropos of nothing kind of like came up to Mia Farrow before any of this happened before the Sunni situation came up to Mia Farrow and was like, um, the way that Woody was talking to Mia or talking to Dylan was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Like the way he, he did something to her that like how he greeted her was absolutely inappropriate. And you got to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and like, um, <clears throat> There's like a family member, like one of Mia Farrow's sisters said they were like hanging out. The kids were all, you know, kids run around naked and stuff. And he said, as she said that Woody like ran his finger up her butt. And she's like, the only way I could describe is suggestively. And I'm like, oh, and they said they had like a real intense, like he would have like a real intense relationship with her. Like he was like, she was trying to get away with him and he was from him. And he was always like, just being like, just hovering over her. Wow. That's so weird. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah. And then like the other odd part of this whole thing is that he's literally like a pedophile who has just one single allegation. Yeah. So it almost like makes you wonder like, so he only was into his own daughter and mm. then, like, never because he had children later on in life with Sun Yi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, we don't know, obviously. Maybe it'll come out that they were. I mean, I don't even know how old they are. Or I don't even know who they are. What well, the only, are. the only one is Ronan Farrow. And that was like, if you look at that kid, you'd know it's fucking Frank Sinatra's kid. But, uh, like, yeah. Because in the documentary, there we go. We were trying to. I asked him if he wanted to have kids, and he was like, "No, I don't like kids. I don't want my own kids. If we have kids, they're going to be your thing. I don't want anything to do with them." But he was like, "Fuck it. If you want to have kids, we'll have kids." So they tried and tried and tried, and they never. They couldn't get pregnant, and then all of a sudden, she gets pregnant with Ronan Farrow, and now you just just do a side. If you're listening to this, Google Ronan Farrow, Frank Sinatra, and then, yeah. <laughs> and you will see whose kid that is. Yeah, that's a that's a funny one because that's like Sarah's favorite conspiracy. She's like, "The how is that not?" Family Guy did a brilliant fucking joke yeah. about that, um, where like Ronan Farrow is basically like, "I'll send it." To, I've been sending you so many Family Guy clips lately; they just keep popping up on my phone in like forty seconds. I'm like, "That's so fucking funny." Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really fun look up Family Guy Ronan Farrow on YouTube, and you'll see it. it's really funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like. And that was another thing too. So before this whole documentary came out, some Woody Allen person, like supporter in that camp, who was also a documentary filmmaker, like came out and wrote this whole thing. And like in it, he basically insinuated that Ronan Farrow wears blue contacts. I'm like, what do you like? This is the weirdest story. <laughs> I'm so done with this. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's like these two fucking, there's so much dirt and lies. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just like this. It's just sad. It's just fucking terrible. His eyes are very blue. Now I believe. Yeah, it. I, I, this is like, <laughs> it's, 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 haven't they always been? I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I think we solved it. I think we figured it out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no need to watch episode three, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but terrible. we've been going for an hour, and I got to pick up Louie from 
little yep. daycare. So we got to head out. Cool. But good talking to you, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, listen, like, subscribe, all the things. Share the show. Uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel if you want to see more. I have some funny stuff up there. Uh, YouTube.com slash Nick Whitmer. Uh, Christian Duran Comedy.com for all your Christian Duran needs. King Latif on Spotify and all streaming platforms. Like, share, subscribe, rate, and review like Whitmer said. Guys, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.